Hi, it's me, Overreactor. Welcome to the next episode of Official Time Out. I have some very exciting news to tell you. If you follow me on Instagram, then you will have already seen that I did indeed fulfill my promise of going to the park and at least putting the skates on my feet. I did it, and it felt really good. It was like putting on my favorite pair of shoes again. And more than just putting the skates on my feet, I got up and I skated around for an entire hour, mostly. I mean, I, okay, so I skated, but then there were like a lot of rocks on the sidewalk and I got like nervous, even though I was wearing my outdoor wheels and I just was very shaky. So I, then I took the skates off and I walked over to this pavilion area that has really flat concrete, really nice then I put the skates back on and I practiced a couple stops, a couple turns. I felt very shaky and unnecessarily afraid. It it was as though part of my body remembered how to skate and part of my body was afraid to skate. And I was very much in my head, but I did it and it felt good. And I'm glad I did it. And I am working very hard to make commitments that I know I can keep. And I know I can go at least once a week to practice skating just somewhere and practice skating at least once a week. I know I can commit to that. And so my new promise to you guys is to report back on my progress. I also wanted to tell you about this really awesome podcast that I just found out about last night. Oh God, I forget the name of it, but it's about some kind of sports phenomenon called the Yips. And this guy, this baseball player, and oh God, what was his name? It had a T as the first name and an M as the last name, maybe. No, I just need to look this up. Okay, I found it. The athlete's name is Tyler Matzek, M-A-T-Z-E-K, Matzek. And it was about how he like conquered the yips and worked with this coach to get through things. And there were so many excellent quotes in that podcast. And one of them was, if you want, wait, what was it? It was so, okay, look, it's something like this. If you want to get to the next level, you need to dominate the level you're at. Or if you want to conquer the next level, you've got to dominate the level you're at or something to that effect. And I like that because it's not judging based on where you're at. It's just acknowledging where you're at and learning to be the absolute best with whatever stage you're in right now. And I think that's really good life advice. And though I don't think I have the yips because, and also I didn't even know what the yips were until yesterday. Let me find a definition in case any of you guys also don't know. What are the yips? Whoa. The yips are involuntary wrist spasms that occur most commonly when golfers are trying to putt. However, The yips can also affect people who play other sports, such as cricket, darts, and baseball. It was once thought that the yips were always associated with performance anxiety. Oh, and this is from the Mayo Clinic. So it's like legit. And then it goes on to say, however, it now appears that some people have the yips due to a neurological condition affecting specific muscles or focal dystonia. Changing the way you perform the affected task might help you find relief from the yips. For example, a right-handed golfer might try putting left-handed. Hmm. The most common symptom associated with the yips is an involuntary muscle jerk, although some people experience tremors 
twitches, spasms, or freezing. You know, that's so crazy because like, do you guys get this when you're about to go to sleep and you're just about to fall asleep and then suddenly it's like your body just like, like electricity goes through your body. Here's what the Mayo Clinic says could be causes. In some people, the yips are a type of focal dystonia, a condition that causes involuntarily. Why is this word so hard for me to say? And I want to say involuntarily, but it's involuntary. Okay. In some cases, the yips are a type of focal dystonia, a condition that causes involuntary muscle contractions during a specific task. It's most likely related to overuse of a certain set of muscles similar to rider's cramp. Anxiety worsens the effect. Yeah, no kidding. Anxiety worsens everything. Some athletes become so anxious and self-focused, overthinking to the point of distraction, that their ability to execute a skill such as putting is impaired. Choking is an extreme form of performance anxiety that may compromise a golfer or any athlete's game. Risk factors. The yips tend to be associated with old age, wah-wah, more experience playing golf or tournament play. Man, that's so wild. I'm so curious, like, how the yips were named and all of that. I'm going to mark that down as an idea. So I felt that was important to at least mention because... I've been having a really tough time. I'm I'm not going to lie. And I feel like the more I'm honest about having a tough time, the hopefully easier it'll be for me to get out of having a tough time. Yeah. So we'll see. Okay. What else is fun and exciting and new? What else happened this week? No, just mostly getting back on the skates. That is something that I... I hadn't done and I'm I'm really proud to at least be making progress and I feel like my passion is coming back which is always a good sign. So, the last time we left off, we were talking about the beginner curriculum booklet called This is Roller Derby and we left off right before they talked about the curriculum. So, let's discuss that now. And for your reference, if you have the booklet which can be found at static.wftda.com. If you search beginner curriculum, you'll find it. And it's a PDF. You could probably print it out if you wanted, but this would be on page 15. How to use this curriculum. This curriculum is intended for training participants who are new to roller derby. The guidance here is designed to support coaches to bring skaters and officials to a level of proficiency which allows them to participate in standard WFTDA gameplay. And there's like a little subnote here. Let's go down and see what that says. Um, it says, oh, it says it's adapted from the Progression Playbook, a guide to coaching lacrosse skills in an age-appropriate context. Okay, this is the kind of shit that I love to read. Like, oh my gosh. I bet there's so many things in this lacrosse skills booklet that can be useful to all sports. So this is very exciting. But don't worry, I'm not going to go into lacrosse just yet. Okay, it goes on to say... All right, we will talk about the introduction, exploration, development, and proficiency. Roller derby is an ongoing development process, whether for players or officials. Development is not linear, nor does it fit into tidy boxes. Each development phase blends into the next, with participants working at different levels as they develop and progress. 
What did we just say? If you want to get to the next level, you have to dominate the level that you're at. Dominate. I'm not just saying become proficient. Dominate. Well, I mean, I guess the goal of this is to be proficient. Nothing in this guidebook says dominate. That's me being a little aggressive about it. Go figure. (laughs) Okay, so this has a graphic associated with it. And it's kind of like a cool spiral that goes from like in to out. And on the inside spiral, it says introduction, and then it spirals out for exploration, further out development, outside of the circle, proficiency, and then moving forward, further progression. So with the introduction, we are going to talk about, uh, let's see, the introduction is presented with the concept of the task. It takes an individual steps, no, it takes individual steps to master individual elements. Then in exploration, we understand the end goal works on individual elements of the task. During the development phase, we are capable of performing the task without instruction, directs focus to building force complexity and speed, and proficiency brings the different elements of the task together to achieve the end goal and the ability to self-assess and self-correct. Now, this is kind of like the main goal of this revamping of this podcast is I really, for myself at least, want to apply these skills to other areas of my life, you know? So it's like you're presented with a concept of a task and individual steps to master individual elements. So even doing this podcast, okay, so I was introduced to the concept of a podcast and I was intrigued. So then I had to learn what little steps needed to be taken. I had to learn how to sign up for anchor.fm, which is the hosting platform that I use. I had to learn how microphones work. I'm still learning how microphones work and how noise suppression works and audio editing. Like, so there's a lot of little steps in everything. And I feel like maybe I am in the development phase still because I am capable of performing the task without instruction. Mm, Sometimes. Sometimes I do have to refer to Google and YouTube to understand different parts of what I'm doing, but I am directing my focus into building this with new levels of complexity and getting faster at recording and editing the podcast. And and soon I'll be proficient. So I like it because it's, hey, let's not be impatient. Let's really work through the steps and learn where we're at and be patient with others too. Okay. So this is the introduction portion. Planning for participant development. The framework is flexible and adaptable, providing a consistent approach for bringing new participants into roller derby safely with a focus on progression and injury mitigation while introducing them to gameplay early in the process. Each level of development includes a list of skills and exercises that have been identified as being appropriate for participants at that level. These are not intended as a checklist or exhaustive list of skills. Coaches and trainers are encouraged to use these elements to design a training narrative that works for their participants. Different development pathways can be integrated using this curriculum. Leagues are encouraged to bring all participants together for training, as well as improving league cohesion and ensuring consistency. This structure facilitates participants changing or taking up additional roles without having to begin a brand new training program. So now we've got um, kind of these text boxes, one for players, one for skating and non-skating officials. That's the SO and NSOs. 
and another one for volunteers, such as coaches, announcers, and board members. Here's what it says for players. All elements of the curriculum are appropriate for developing players, including rules knowledge, hand signals for calls, and the values of the sport. For skating and non-skating officials, we have all elements of the skating curriculum are appropriate for skating officials except for advanced contact or engagement skills. For non-skating officials, all non-skating elements are appropriate, which makes sense because non-skating officials, guess what? They're non-skating. So anything that is non-skating related is appropriate for non-skating officials. Likewise, skating officials do not engage in contact like the players do. So everything except for the contact material is appropriate for them in their development of their own skills, right? I mean, of course, the skating officials need to know like about the contact rules, obviously. Okay. It continues. All officials should be included in sessions that focus on values, rules, and safety. For each development level, there are non-skating official training goals that can be developed alongside player-specific elements. The WFTDA offers official-specific online learning courses which can supplement the training narrative for these participants. You can find these and other resources in the coaching library in the additional curriculum resources. I'm actually really excited to look into that. Next, we have the section for volunteers, such as coaches, announcers, and board members. All non-skating elements of the skating curriculum are appropriate for non-skating volunteers. In particular, all volunteers should be included in sessions that focus on values. Announcers and coaches should also be included in sessions regarding rules and safety. They will also benefit from observing scrimmages. Don't we all? Don't we all? Job descriptions for announcer roles should be shared with participants to help identify skills. These are available in the WFTDA resources in the coaching library. I really am excited to look at that section. <gasps> okay, so then we've got session planning. You'll find a breakdown of each of the IEDP phases to support coaches and trainers in planning sessions. Oh, what does IEDP stand for again? Independent Educational Direction and Participation? That's not it. Oh, Introduction, Exploration, Development, and Proficiency. So that's the IEDP. All right. Glad we got that cleared up. For each IEDP stage, the framework highlights an outcome and focus for participants, as well as the type of gameplay level we would expect at that level. A list of potential training elements includes relevant skills to help participants achieve the stage outcome. These elements are provided as a guide only, and the skills listed are neither exhausted nor prescriptive. Use the IEDP framework to inform mixed-level sessions by scaling drills, adjusting them to allow for different degrees of complexity, force, or speed, to meet the needs of participants at different places on the development spectrum. Skill building. Skills development follow the same path of introduction, exploration, development, proficiency. This curriculum includes example skills cards and a template for coaches to develop their own skill cards. That's fun. 
Mapping these out in advance makes it easier to adjust for skill level mid-session or to set individual challenges for those who are outpacing the group in a specific area. I'm telling you, this is just like teaching. This really is like teaching because it's differentiating the learning and, and helping basically the students progress at a pace that is appropriate for the level that they're at. Then it says, note, being in the introduction phase of a specific skill does not necessarily place a participant in the introduction phase of understanding gameplay or developing skating ability. It's true. You can be in the introductory period of one skill, but proficient in another skill. That's just how skills work. Okay, moving on. Incorporating gameplay. This is on page 19, and this will be the last card I read for this section of this episode, because then it moves on to something else. Okay, incorporating gameplay. Each development phase includes a description of what gameplay looks like at that level. We suggest that coaches and trainers use their discretion in setting parameters for gameplay. Example, the length of the game, which rules or penalties to focus on, levels of contact, use or location of the penalty box, etc. For sessions with smaller numbers, consider adjustments to the WFTDA rules of flat track roller derby to make lower numbers accessible, such as altering the number of skaters or the length and width of the track. Oh my gosh, this has got to be just like the short track game that I saw at RollerCon in 2018. When designing your gameplay, work with the officials to agree on the parameters as well as any changes to calls or game definition. Always consider yourself developing officials and where gameplay parameters can be altered to offer different learning opportunities. Participant development can span levels and they will potentially be included in varying levels of gameplay at any stage in their progression. See the recommendations on mixed level play guide for more information. Okay, now we've got a quote here at the bottom underneath a photo that is credited to Roller Derby on film. Here's the quote. It's great to be able to put all the skills together to play the game. You don't realize how much you have learned until you put it into practice. Loads of fun. (laughs) Okay, so that's fun. All right, that is where I will leave it off for this episode. Next, we'll talk about development stages. And yeah, so I will keep you posted on my skate practice journey, my motivation, you know, what do you call it? Reinstatement, motivation, reinstatement, motivation, passion. I don't know, just getting, getting my desire back. It's tough. It's tough. It's been tough coming out of this pandemic stuff. Official timeout with Overreactor was recorded by me, Overreactor. Edited by me, Overreactor. Special thanks to Joey for your assistance on this episode. That's it. I'll talk at you later. Bye-bye.